0: Worship team a hand. Give the Lord a hand tonight. Amen. Uh, Real quick, um, I'm going to have Brother Cameron come here in about 20 seconds, but I wanted to make one quick announcement for you. If you are interested in helping stuffing the eggs for um, Easter, um, we are going to let you take some of them home, correct? Sister Debbie, Sister Crystal, and, and you can stuff them at home and bring them back. So if you're interested in helping with that, please see Sister Crystal or Sister Debbie. They'll, okay, you, she has them ready to go. Um, and they will point you in the right direction uh, for that. But um, we have, um, Brother Cameron's going to come and he's just going to testify of something that God has done um, in his life and in for his family. And uh it's just awesome. So I'm going to let him share this real quick with you tonight.
1: How's everyone doing tonight? Doing good? Yeah, nice. <laughs> so I just wanted to come up here and just uh, give God the praise. Um, I know about, I'd say about probably a little over a month ago now, um, we got some bad news about my little brother. Um, they said that he had um, tumors and gross up on his right side of his body. They found some stuff in his lungs, um, some stuff in his kidneys, and also the biggest one, which was on his liver. It was a uh, 7.1 inch growth. They didn't know what it was, Um, and of course when you get that call from the doctor, it's not always um, gonna fall very easy. It's gonna cause a little bit of fear to creep in. Um, But we tried to stay positive the whole time, as positive as we could be, and I know Cancer and stuff runs like that in our family, so to hear that, especially with my little brother only being 18, it was pretty scary, um, needless to say. But um, we got some news um, yesterday um, that they went in, they did um, some CT scans and looked at the area, and um, all glory to God, but they said it was just a benign tumor, it was nothing to worry about, there's no cancer in his body, he's completely healed. So we're just praising God and thanking Him for everything He's done in our family and keeping us safe and keeping us um, and keeping us throughout this whole situation. Um, there's still some work to do, but um, we know that God's in control of the whole situation. So, Amen. Amen.
0: Praise God. He's still able, Church. He's still able. Can you say Amen tonight, if you will? Turn with me real quickly to John chapter 2, and then we'll also be in Luke chapter 19 as well this evening. But we're going first to John chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse 13. And i just, I mean, so excited to hear that. Um, that news I was telling him, as he was telling me before service Just this morning, I was praying in these altars, and I said, God, that is benign. That will not take hold of his life, and he is going to know that God has done this. That prayer has done this. And uh, I just thank God for his faithfulness, and that he's still alive and still well. Amen. But John chapter 2, beginning in verse 13 going to just read a few verses to you here, and then later on in the message, we'll get into Luke chapter 19, if you want to mark that as well. It says, and the Jews Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and Jesus had just came out of the marriage supper in Cana. This is the beginning of His ministry. And He found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge or a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. And he said unto them that sold doves take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And the disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Let us pray again tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for your power, your presence. We thank you for its word, your word and its anointing. We ask that the word go forth and be fruitful and multiply in the hearts of many tonight. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And the church says amen again. So again... Real quickly, just a a quick recap. We see in this first passage of Scripture that Jesus, as is the custom in His time, is going up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Passover, which Jews are commanded to journey to Jerusalem, if possible, to celebrate. And He goes up there, and He goes immediately into the temple Uh, where the Ark of the Covenant rests, He, he goes into the house of God, the tabernacle of God, the temple of God, and he sees that there are these men that are profiting off of the things of God. He sees immediately that they have made, this is what he says here in verse 16, they had made his father's house a house of merchandise. These animals that he dispersed from dispersed from the temple court were for sacrifices and you may say why is it so wrong to have these sacrifices accessible to to the people to come and go to the temple and, and the Lord began to speak to me and began to show me some things. And, and I'm just going to follow the leading of the Lord here tonight. So bear with me. I, I, I feel this burning on the inside of me. Is one reason that Jesus, I believe that Jesus dispersed those animals, dispersed those money changers, is because they had created such an, through the Pharisees and through church leadership, they have created such an institution in the church. They had created uh, an incorporated uh, version of church. These men were profiting off of the people of God and they had turned church away from relationship and had turned it into religion. Well, we have everything that you need to go about, every step that you need to go about and we have every everything to accommodate every ritual or religious activity you want to do. We have, if I could bring it to today's terms, we have programs for that and we have policies for this and we can offer you all these things and what God tells us through the Psalms. David in Psalms 51, he says, listen, I could give you offerings, but that's not what you're wanting. I'm paraphrasing here. He says, what you desire is not sacrifices. It is a broken and a contrite heart. What he was saying is, God, you don't desire my religious activity. What you desire is my life. And I believe that was one of the reasons why we find that Jesus goes into the temple and he begins to purge it, if you will, from those profiting off of the institution of religion. And you, you may say, what does this have to do with anything? Just hold, hold on for a second. My Bible tells me in First Peter chapter 4 that for the time is come that judgment begin at the house of God. It begins at the house of God. Jesus, at the beginning of His ministry, this is at the beginning of His ministry, He has just performed the miracle of turning water into wine into Cana. And the first thing He does after this act is He goes up for Passover into Jerusalem, into the capital city of this providence called Judah. And He goes in there and He disperses and cleans out uh, the temple what he's trying to do is not only get rid of religion is he is letting them know that relationship through him has come that there is something uh, he's trying to awaken the people that he being the son of God uh, has come to make all things new he has come to change how we do things and he has come to expose those that profiteered off the things of God he had come to expose expose the hirelings if you will. And I want I want to tell you tonight the Lord began to speak to me about a few things going on in our society. And the Lord began to show me that this was not the first time or this was the first time, but it would not be the last time that Jesus would clean out the temple. If you turn over to Luke chapter 19, you will find in verses 41 through 44 or, uh, through... Excuse me, through uh, 45 through 47, that he went into the temple. This is at the latter part of Jesus' ministry, and he began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought, saying, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Ye have made it a den of thieves. And this was something that Jesus would do in the later half of his ministry. I'm about to tie it all together. Together here because what, what I read to you earlier is that judgment begins at the house of the Lord. Jesus started his ministry, came into the temple and said we can no longer operate as we usually do. We can no longer come in with our rituals. We can no longer stand up here. There can no longer be hirelings behind the platform. There can no longer be these men being wolves in sheep's clothing. And we know that in the times to bring it to today for you. We know in recent days, that in recent months, that men and women of God and even our own pastor has prophesied about an exposing taking place. I believe that is happening wholeheartedly. I believe it's happening in the political arena. It's not hard to see that it is happening there. But I want you to know that judgment still begins at the house of the Lord. Correction begins at the house of the Lord. Holy living begins at the house of the Lord righteousness and purity begins at the house of the Lord. And this exposure that was has been prophesied in recent months, the Lord began to show me these scriptures and He said listen, many people thought that I've come to expose just politicians but I have come to expose those hirelings and those profiteering ministers in the church. I've come to expose religion. I've come to show you that how you've operated in the past uh, will no longer work uh, because I am making all things new. Uh, there's something more I want for you. Uh, there's something more I have for you. Uh, and we find that Jesus does this two times. Uh, you say, "Why is that significant?" The Lord began to show me in the last year and a half uh, that God says uh, and, and, and I just I just feel this in my spirit as I was in prayer time. Uh, God began to reveal to me that in the last year and a half uh, he he said I have visited my church in a special way to bring about correction to bring about alignment to get my people to where they need to be to awaken them of what I'm trying to do in the hour that they're living in and he said that I had come in the first form of a pandemic I allowed this pandemic so that that the people of God could see that I that that with that they needed the House of the Lord, that they could just not operate uh, and and go in and sing three songs, uh, have a good service and go home. They realized uh, that they needed the house of God and that they needed the God that they served in the house. He said, Through this time of separation, uh, that people begin to realize uh, that religion is dead and it offers and profits nothing. It has showed many churches and ministers uh, that have been in this thing for the wrong reasons uh, that they cannot stand up uh, and continually pull out of the pockets of the people of God uh, and prostitute his grace uh, and preach a false doctrine uh, and lead people astray. Uh, He said, through this uh, pandemic, allowing this thing, uh, this is my first visit, uh, is to get rid of religion, is to get rid of those profiteers. But my second visit, uh, when Jesus came later in his ministry he said that my father's house uh, is to be not in the first it was it was merchandise you shouldn't make them, you shouldn't be making money off the things that my god is doing uh, that god is doing but he's saying here in the second time that my father's house uh, is to be a house uh, of prayer in this second occasion uh, i believe that god uh, through his word began to show me uh, and he began to speak to me in prayer that this second thing uh, what had to do with our election this past year. I believe that God is not done with what is going on and has been prophesied about our elected officials. I don't believe that that's over. But there were things that didn't go the way that many of the church thought they should go. And God wanted us to realize now you, 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 know, you know through the pandemic that religion won't work. Now you know that you just can't come into church and raise your hands and get goosebumps and make it through life. Now, Now you know that you need your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Now you know you need to assemble together. Now you know you need one another. But now in this second visitation, in this second correction, he's saying, I want uh, there to be uh, a prayer movement uh, in the house of God. You can say, well, I've been praying and fasting for months, uh, but I believe the Lord began to show me uh, that he desires a deeper walk uh, with him in the time we're living in. He desires us to get closer to Him than we've ever been. Why? Because God is doing something in these last days. Our pastor preached Sunday about a divine interruption, about an interruption that would come when Jesus would return to this earth and we would be called away. But I want you to know until that day comes, as long as we have breath in our lungs, there is a purpose for our existence. There is a purpose for our voice there is a purpose for our feet there is a purpose for our hands and I will not sit by and, and live in religion I will not sit by and operate in three songs and a message and go home I refuse to sit here and not get involved with the things that God is doing in this nation and in this time I believe that God is not done with this nation I believe that God wants to use each and every person in this house. I believe that he has visited us to correct us and to bring us into alignment. Why? Because there's revival coming up. Because there is something on the horizon that the enemy doesn't want you to see. The resistance you're feeling is because the enemy knows if you will just go but a little further. If you will just hang on a little longer. If you will just pray a little deeper. If you will just get a hold of the whole of the altar a little longer if you will just step into something that you've never known he, he knows that the church will be unstoppable that the people of God will bring about what God is wanting to do in this time God brought, brought these visitations to bring correction to bring holiness and purity back to his church to bring prayer back to his church to bring people back into alignment with his will I want you to know just as Jesus showed up on those scenes in those two different texts I want you to know tonight that he's showing up today saying there is still a newness of life there is still something that you have yet not experienced there is a baptism that you think you know but I have so much more for you as we preached last Wednesday there is a kingdom within you there are prayers that you have not yet prayed there are there are healings that you have not yet seen there are messages and songs you have not sung or preached there's teachings Sunday school teachers that you have not yet taught I believe that there is revival I believe that there is restoration I believe that the lost will come in and get saved I believe that the, the drug addict and the homosexual can be delivered I believe that God can still cure cancer I believe I believe that God can still wipe out tumors. Uh, I believe that God can still use a teenager to spark revival. I believe that God can still use His church. The Lord began to show me through these two visitations. He's been trying to wake the church up to what's going on. Many of you can say, well... I, I, preacher, I hear you tonight, but I'm not religious. I, I'm not religious. That, that's that's not who I am. I I don't know why you're saying that he came to dispel religion. I, I, I don't know why you're saying that tonight. But I want you to know that if you were in a routine in your spiritual life, uh, you were in religion. I'm guilty of it. We, we've all been guilty of it. Where we come in and church is just something we do and it's not who we are. Where worship is just something we do before the preaching but it's not something we live in. Where prayer is something we do after the preaching but it's not something we practice. God said that is religion. There are many that thought, well I can just go about my daily life. But God is trying in the day and hour that we're living in to awaken His bride. To say if you want to be a glorious bride you must have my glory you say amen tonight so we see that religion is no longer an option we see that we can no longer operate in the in 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 the normalcy of this world and of this church culture that America has created. But not only that, we must come to a place where this house is not a house of preaching, it's not a house of worship, but it is a house of prayer. I know that we have prayer warriors across this room tonight. Uh, I know I have prayer warriors in my own family. I know I, I have people that seek God. Uh, but I can just feel the Lord tugging at me. Last night I was here at 11 o'clock. Uh, 11.30 or, or so is when I left. Uh, and around 11 o'clock the Lord began to tool it and me... B- pull at my heart. Uh, and he began to say, there's more. There's a deeper level of prayer. There's a deeper level of intercession. Jade, there's something that you, you think you know, but you have no idea. Let me take you to, to a place you've never been. Let me take you to a realm of intercession that you've never set foot in before. I believe that God is doing something in this earth uh, and He's trying to get His church to awaken and realize what important time we're living in. We see that many people in the recent season, and I, I know I spoke of the election, and how things may have not went the way that we thought, and I believe that God is still doing things that we cannot see. and. I believe that there are, there are just this exposing that has been prophesied about has just been unprecedented. I I mean, there there are governors that are, are in, in 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 trouble, in deep trouble. There are men uh, that thought they were untouchable. There are women that thought they were untouchable that are beginning to be exposed. And I, I believe that that is an ongoing process and we're going to continue to see that to happen. But I, I want you to know that Jesus is trying to get our attention uh, because He's saying, uh, just as He was in those days, you know, I'm reading in the Gospels that it's about, it chronicles the life of Christ. And he was trying to get them to realize that this is the hour of your visitation. He was trying to get the people of Israel to realize that there is a revival coming because I am going to battle in the garden. I'm going to be whipped at a post. I'm going to carry my cross and lay my life on that cross. But when I rise up, I will give you keys to the kingdom. I will give you keys to death, hell, and the grave. I will give you victory. And that's what God is wanting to give His remnant in this church and in in, in this nation. But we must awaken to what's going on in the hour that we're living in. So many have looked to politics in the hour that we're living in as well. And I want you to know this, that I never find where Jesus spoke against Caesar. Caesar. He said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar. I never find... Listen, I believe that we should speak against immorality. Listen, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be involved in voting. I'm I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up for the right to lie. I'm not saying that we shouldn't support those things. But what, what I'm telling you tonight is there are spiritual issues that this world has made political, but they were never political. They are God issues. And many people have looked to politics, but Jesus, uh, he he didn't when when Pilate had the authority to kill him, uh, he never insulted Pilate. Uh, he he never spat on him uh, or, or disrespected him. What Jesus did do though uh, is he rebuked uh, the Pharisees. He came against uh, the established church of the day because they were trying to be not only religious uh, but political. He rebukes the Pharisees because he's saying, what you have done has not worked. But what I have come to do will change everything. Do you realize that many times in the church, uh, over the the church in the past 20 to 30 years, uh, that we have literally, many churches across this nation, have practiced uh, the definition of insanity. We have tried to do the same old things, And try to get a different result. And it has not worked. So God has come down in this time. And He's saying awaken. Because there's more than what you see. There's more than what you're experiencing right now. If they'll come to the music tonight, I'm I'm not going to keep you long. But we find that Jesus... His problem was not with the world because he came to save it. He cleared out the church. And he said, listen, this has got to go. That's got to go. You can't have this in your life. Young people, listen to me tonight. I want you to realize that you can't just listen to everything you want to listen to. You can't. Oh, well, I just like the beat. I don't, I don't really listen to the lyrics. That's hogwash. I know better. I've said those very same things. I, 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 I haven't been on this earth very long, Sister Mary, but I've been in youth ministry for a little over five years now. And I've seen young people drive into the parking lot listening to garbage and come into the house of God and say, bless me. And raise their hands and say, I want revival. I want change. But I don't want to change what I listen to. I don't want to change what I watch. I don't want to change who, I, who my friends are. Who influences me? God has come down in this time, young people and elders alike, to tell us we can no longer live in two worlds. Jesus said it himself you cannot serve two masters. You cannot. Listen, I've been young, I've tried to live in both worlds. Brother Chris, it's impossible. And He came to set in correction and set in alignment. Because He was doing a new thing. I'm going to end with this tonight. If you would go just a little higher in Luke chapter 19 you would find in verses 41 through 44 that Jesus begins to prophesy of the destruction of the temple. And He begins to say that, He begins to prophesy that more or less something that would happen almost 70 years later, that Romans would come in and they would destroy the temple and there would be nothing left. But this is the reason why judgment came. See correction. The visitations coming into the temple and cleaning house is God saying, I'm trying to get your attention for what I'm doing. But if, if, you don't, if you don't heed to the correction, I must therefore, because I am just, pass judgment. And the reason this judgment would come upon the children of Israel he says this in verse 44, because you knew not the hour of your visitation. You knew not the hour of your visitation. Church, we cannot afford to miss what God is doing. These young people Parents cannot afford for you not to know what God is doing. If you'll stand with me tonight. Jesus in Luke chapter 19 was going up to His last Passover. You say, what does that have to do with anything? Because His last Passover... Would be his last dinner on earth before his crucifixion. You say, What does that have to do with anything, Pastor? Is because it was, he, he was coming to the end. And he was about to die and be resurrected, Brother Dan. He was about to die and see revival. And the Lord began to show me through these visitations, not only is He correcting, not only is He bringing into alignment, not only is He challenging us, trying to awaken us, but Brother Jaden, the second time, he was, it was almost like the last call. Get right. Get get on board, get get involved with what I'm doing. Thousands followed Jesus. At the beginning of this chapter, thousands greeted him as Pastor Preached Sunday as he came into Jerusalem. But when Jesus ascended into heaven, there was five hundred. And in the upper room, there was only 120. 120 did not miss the hour of visitation. But the Lord began to show me this. In the story of, of Jesus, I, I've always said that you, whatever you have need of is found in the gospel you need peace, it's in the life of Christ. If you need joy, it's in the life of Christ. The Lord began to show me, Pastor, that if you're really desperate to be involved with what God's doing and you're really hungry for revival, it's in the life of Jesus. And He began to show me the process of revival began When Jesus was in the garden and He was terribly vexed, and and I would use the word, He was full of anguish because of the burden that He was about to take upon Himself. If you want revival, you must have anguish. You must have repentance. You must have correction. Jesus had anguish because he knew He knew what was coming. He knew the burden that would, would come upon him. But Jesus would go from the garden and be arrested and be taken to a whipping post. If you want revival, there is a whipping post. You say, "What, what are you talking about? Because it tears away at your flesh. That's what correction does. There's anguish. There's the whipping post. And there's the tearing away of things that are not needed. And then there's the taking up of the cross. Because Jesus himself said, take up your cross and follow me. But then there's the the ultimate laying down of the life, laying down of the flesh. There's a tearing away of the flesh, but there's a place where you give your life holy and acceptable unto God. And when Jesus laid down His life and was raised up on the cross, it seemed like the end of Himself. But three days later, there was revival because there was resurrection. And when he came up, not only did he come up with power and authority, but in the city, dead things came alive. Church, the exposing, the, and, and it's on a personal level. We, we think so often it's a corporate level. But the exposing is correction. Exposing is for you to look at your life and say, God, if I want this thing, I'm going to have to go to the garden, my prayer closet. I'm going to have to go and let your spirit begin to take away from my flesh the spiritual whipping post. I'm going to have to, to carry my cross. I'm going to have to lay down everything about my life. So I can experience revival. So if you're here tonight. And you'll simply say, I want to be a part of what God's doing. That I realize that there's more to this season than meets the eye. you're here tonight and you'll simply say, I don't want to miss my visitation. I don't want to miss what God's doing. I'm going to ask you to come to these altars tonight. Find yourselves a place to pray. Find yourselves a place to get alone with God. Because church, we cannot continue in the normalcy of this life. I cannot continue to live a fruitless life. So if you're here tonight, you want to be a part, come. At your seats or come to these altars, find yourselves a place to pray say god i realize you're visiting me you're correcting me you you you're doing things in my life and and it's not to harm me you're trying to get my attention you're trying to awaken me to what you're doing god i want to be a part god i want to be a part god of what you're doing revival will not come easy will not come without opposition Jesus, it's worth it. It's worth it tonight. Everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just, uh, I'm so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, We have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know our information's on the screen. And, Uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.